His desire just to say, I want to lay my hands on the children today. I want to lay my hands on those that are going to be working in the school. That's not something you just see every day. The man of God that birthed through Jesus this church that you're sitting in. It's still here. Still able to touch his people. That is a blessing. That is a witness that God can keep. 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 He's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going right to the word. We have communion as well. But God's got this thing. Hallelujah. God's got this thing. I don't have this thing, but God's got this thing. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to Numbers chapter 13. Hallelujah. I thank God that Pastor Pumphrey is able to get away and get so refreshing and, and be with his family. So I thank God for that. I thank God for Pastor Cyrus that he's away and he's getting refreshing. God, I thank God for that. We got to be a people that is just willing to thank the Lord. Because he's good to us. He's good to us. He's good to us. He's good to us. Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. And then I'm going to go to verse 25. And then we're going to hear what God has to say during our time together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. And it says, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. On every tribe of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Going to verse 25, and then it reads, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and to the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought backward unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And it is a fruit, and it, and it is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people... Be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Verse 29 says, And the Amalek dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. In verse 30, it reads, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But then the men that went up with him said, 
We will not be able to go against the people, for they are, are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, and which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and, and so we were in their sight. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Just for a minute, whose report will you believe? Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we just thank you right now for your word, God. We thank you, oh God, that your word is settled, oh God. Your word is perfect, oh God. Your word is true, God. Father God, we thank you that you can divide this word up and just make it go to every each and every person in here, oh God, that we can all eat on your word on today, God, that it will come to us the way it needs to come to us, God, that we can hear what you're saying the way we need to hear what you're saying, oh God. God, I thank you that this thing is word and this is a spiritual thing, God. And so, God, I thank you, God, for just your spirit flowing in this house even now, God. God, I thank you, God, that you have a word for us on today, God. And I thank you, oh God, for giving me clarity as I, as I go, God. I thank you, God, for giving me ears, God, to hear what the Spirit is saying, God. God, I thank you, oh God, for just, just going and doing what you do well, God. Oh God, we trust you, God, even now, God. And we thank you, oh God, for the word that you have for us on today. God, we bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? You know, we just went through and we just anointed all of our kids to go back to school. And we all know that, you know, in any way for teachers, there's like two new years. We have the new year that comes in August when we go back to school. So I celebrate that year. And then we have the year when the calendar goes from December to January. And that's a new year. And so we're in the month of August, and the month of August is the eighth month, which means new beginnings. And eight means new beginnings, and so it's appropriate when I, we go back to school and when we end the summertime that God is always wanting to do some new stuff. You know, he always is like, there's a newness coming. We get our new tennis shoes. We get our new backpacks. We get our new pencils, we get our new notebooks, and it's all smelling so fresh and crisp. It's, we get our new jeans, we get our new polos, we got our new swag. It's a newness, it's a, it's a freshness. The parents and, and guardians and friends, they're kind of happy because the, the kids are going out the house and they get their new routines. They get their new breaks from the kids being there all day. It's a newness. It's a newness. It's a newness. And so that is the thing that happens when we start and, and when we go. And there's just three little points in the time that I have. About 15 minutes, I'm going to try to do this thing, Jesus. Is that there's just three little things. And so let's just go back where we need to. As we read in the scriptures, it says that and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The Lord told Moses, Get these twelve, and I want you to go to the land that I am giving you. Moses 
heard the Lord, and, and if you just don't even know about, like, did Moses really hear the Lord? Like, you know, did, did he hear him? If we back up one chapter, the Lord told Moses that, and told um, Miriam and Aaron, and says that I don't speak to Moses like I speak to everybody else. See, they began to question, did, did God really speak to you, Moses? I mean, he speaks to us, and, and, I, and God said that I speak to Moses Face to face. I, I, think I speak to him. I don't speak to him in riddles. I, I speak to him. And he turned Miriam into leprosy and, and Aaron because they were talking about the man of God. They were talking about the man of God and he had to. And he even goes and says, I heard you talking about him. That the God hears us when we talk. And so he goes there and he says that, and right after he dealt with that, and he dealt with that situation, and he showed himself strong. When we go into chapter 13, it says, and Moses, and the Lord said to Moses. And so I believe that the people were like, let me listen. Because we just saw what just happened. Let me perk up, let me listen, let me see. And then we go on and we see that Moses got the 12 tribes and he with them and they put up and eat out and, and said, go, check out this land that, that God gave us. And so he sent these 12 spies out. And so the very first point is that I've got evidence. A lot of times when we're getting ready to go, go to the next place, go to the next thing, go to the next school. We got some evidence that God's already been with us. We got some evidence that we're not just going and are going, but God has been with us a mighty long time. That God has had evidence that he has been working and he's been doing things. And if you're a believer on today, you got some evidence. Oh, you may say, well, Pastor Kim, I'm not like you or what you think I may be like. And you're like, you know, I don't know, you know. But I know there's a one time that there's been a young person that prayed to God. And you were in your room and they were getting ready to take a test. And you didn't know how you were going to pass it. Or there was a situation and you just said, Jesus, Lord, please let me get a C in this class. Because, Lord, if I go home to my mama and she sees the lower grade, Oh, see, that's a prayer. Oh, that's a prayer. When we just talk to God, that's a prayer. And so we've seen evidence of God moving. We've seen evidence that you may have been concerned about your parents or you've been concerned about your children or you've been concerned about a situation and you didn't pray to God. And, and that situation turned out all right. There is evidence. There is evidence, and so when God told Moses for them to go to the promised land that he already went and checked it out, there's evidence that he's been faithful, that he has been faithful. The evidence is in our testimony. The evidence is in our call. Miss Kim, I don't know, my call, I don't You've been called a mother. That's the call. You've been called to father, that's a call. You've been called to usher, that's a call. You've been called to teach, that's a call. He's been faithful. 
to the call. You've been called to pray. That's the call. You've been called to go on your jobs and you work as administrators and accountants and scientists and, and doctors and lawyers, whatever it is, that's the call. He's been faithful and there is evidence. Evidence is just a, it's just a thing. It's just a thing that he lets us know that I'm not telling you something that I haven't already shown you that I'm able to do. As we go on, we see that they returned after searching the land for 40 days. So they went, and they were there for 40 days, and then they came back. It's interesting when you begin to start something or you begin to think about the next thing that you're getting ready to do, go to school, go to college, go to Italy, go wherever, that God will give you a moment to think about that thing. And so the people had 40 days. So I'm just going to drop this nugget about I wonder what their expectation was going to be when they came back. Before you even go into school, some of you already got some expectations. You had the whole summer. Am I going to like it? Am I not going to like it? I got to take chemistry this year. I got to take biology. Oh, man, I'm going to a brand new school. Oh, man, my job just changed. I'm getting ready to go into another job. But we have an opportunity in that moment to think about the expectations that we have from God. So did they. And it says, and they went forth, and they came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children. And they came back, and they said, there is fruit in the land. See, when they came back, they had grapes. And they said these things were so big that they had people holding them. Person here and a person back there full of grapes. Evidence. We got evidence. We got evidence. God has shown us evidence in our lives. God has shown us big old things in our lives that he's given us evidence of his faithfulness. Evidence of his goodness, evidence of his kindness, evidence of his mercy, evidence of his grace, evidence of his long-suffering. We have some evidence of his goodness. We have some evidence of his goodness, evidence of his grace. In verse 27 says, and they told him and they said, we came into the land which thou showed us. And surely it flows with milk and honey, and there is fruit in it. It says, nevertheless, the people be strong. Are, the cities are walled, and they're great. And then we saw the children, and we saw the giants. Point number two, yes, there will be giants. Yes. There will be giants at your school. Yes, there are giants at Gaithersburg High School. Yes, there are giants at Watkins Mill. Yes, there are giants at Northwest. Yes, there are giants at Clarksburg. Yes, there are giants on your job. Yes, there are giants in your home. Yes, there will be giants. Yes, there will be giants. 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 
giants, giants of sickness, giants of financial need, giants of distractions, giants of bad relationships, giants of hurt, disappointment, and brokenness. There will be giants. They're giants. They're giants. What, what, what is a giant, Pastor Kim? Anything that has the potential to cause you to lose sight of getting to your promised land. Anything that has the potential to make you stuck, to make you fearful, to make you wary, to make you have anxiety, to make you just question what you're doing. Giants. And they have a purpose to stop you from going to where God wants you to go. Giants come to stop you, to make you think you're not good enough, to make you think you're not smart enough, to make you think you're too old, to make you think you're too young, to make you think you don't have the ability, to make you think that you're not wise enough, not pretty enough not smart enough. These are the giants that stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Yes, the giants are big. You know, sometimes the enemy comes and it's the subtle things. You know, he's crafty, so he'll sneak up on you. But these giants, they were big. There's some giants that are just big. The big giants that are standing in our way, that we see them and they make us scared. They're not hidden nowhere. There's a big old giant in front of me. And I see it. And it wants me to stop. And so it makes us, cause us to have all of these things that are big. The sons of Anak, which was like the Goliath giants, which were like over nine feet tall. They were big giants. And we see that when they came back and they gave the report, it was factual. Nothing that they said was a lie. So the men went out and they came back and everything they said was true. Well, they said that the land was fruitful. That was true. They said that the people were strong. That was true. They said that the walls were great and that the, 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 there was walls in the cities. They were great. They were fortified. They were, they were great. That was true. And they said there were giants there. And that was true. And as they began to say all of this stuff, the enemy will say some true stuff. The enemy will say, some true stuff. But the whole purpose of even saying the true stuff is to get us distracted. Some stuff is true. Chemistry will be hard. Calculus is no joke. Football is hard. I may not be playing right now. This stuff is true. But it comes to get you distracted. And so these ten spies 
came back with the truth. They didn't come back saying a lie. They came back with the truth. But point number three, can I interrupt? Can I interrupt? You're going to be surrounded by a bunch of people saying true stuff to you, stuff that's true, stuff that's true about your coworkers, stuff that's true about the people that you work with. Oh, they always late. They da-da-da. This project, how can we do all this work? How can I do all of this work? And we got two people doing it, and they're expecting it. And yes, they want all that work, and there's only two people. It is true. It's not a lie. How am I going to be able to go over here and, and to, to this place and do this? And th It's true. But Caleb, the word of God says, he stilled the people. When you steal the people, it means they got all rowdy and they got loud and they got noise when they started hearing. It was like, there's tigers and lions and bears. Oh, my. It, it sounded like that to me in my ears. You know, yeah, there's fruit there. We see the fruit. But the people are strong. The cities are fortified. And there's giants. There's lions. There's tigers. There's bears. And see, so the difficulty with that is Caleb said, da, 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 da. and the word of God says he stealed the people. Sometimes in all of the rhetoric, you got to get still. Sometimes when you're hearing a bunch of stuff, you got to get still. See, when you get still, you can begin to hear. And so Caleb said, I'm not even going to try to talk amongst all this chaos. I need you to be still. I need you to be quiet. You know, I thank God for the Caleb's. I thank God for when there's conversations and they're going on and they may be truthful, but they're, they're negatives and they're about we can't do and, and I don't know and how are we going to do this and I don't think that's going to work and that somebody come up and steal the people. God is looking for some Caleb's. The difference between the 10 and the 12 is that the 10 was looking at it from their perspective. They were grasshoppers. They said, in our own sight, we can't do this. Caleb was looking from a position of that, my God is well able. My God is well able to do this thing. We got to have some people that, I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what it feel like. I don't care what it sound like. Tell me your facts. But I'm not looking at that. But I'm looking at a big God that says he's well able. He said, let us go and let us possess it. I didn't, I didn't mess up. I didn't went to college. It, don't, it ain't working. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like a grasshopper. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. It's, it's so hard, and I don't know if I can do it, and, I didn't fail classes before. I didn't waste money. My God is well able. Oh, my marriage, you know, that's something, you know, could be fact. My marriage, you know, we don't talk and we don't, we don't get along. And I say blue and he say black. And it seems like, Pastor Kim, that, you know, it just ain't working out. Like, you know, like this thing is a mess. 
He's well able. I got bills, Pastor Kim, and you know, my husband just got laid off, and I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. I got a lot of debt, and I'm trying, I'm working hard, and I don't see a way that I can come up out from under this debt. My God is well able. I got sickness in my body, and they, doctors are telling me all kinds of things, and I'm going to have to have this, or I'm going to have to have that, and, and they're talking, and they're saying, and they're giving me papers to read, and, and it's overwhelming, but my God is well able. My God is well able. He's well able to take us to the promised land. He's well able to get you where you need to go. Whatever the, whatever the promise is that God has given to you, the promise of saying, I'm going to do great in school, I want to make all A's, don't give up on the promise when the tests start getting hard. Take your eyes off of what you think you can do and begin to say, my God is well able. It goes on to say, and I'm getting ready to end, but it just says that Caleb stood up and he said, my God is well able. Let's go and let's possess the land. Let me do what God's called me to do. The enemy tried to stop me. He tried to sit me down. He, he tried to make me think I couldn't do it, but I'm well able. Well able to go, God, where you told me to go. I'm well able to do, God, what you called me to do. I'm well able, God, because my eyes is not on the situation. My eyes are on you. So I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And he is going to get me through what I need to do. After Caleb stood up and he, he gave this and he shared this, it came back and it says, the other people, but we said, and they just went on and on about what they couldn't do. And it was because they were looking at themselves so small, looking at themselves so tiny, looking at themselves as if they were nothing. But God is here to say, God is on the inside. Don't ever call yourself nothing. Watch the words that come out of your mouth. Watch what you're saying and watch what you're speaking. Stop saying you can't do it. I want to speak to some parents that you're going to go back to school and your kid might have been struggling in second grade or third grade or tenth grade and eleventh. You're going to go in this year possessing the land. You're not going to sit there and listen to the special ed, the IEP, the 504 plans and all of that and take it and just go, okay. No, you listen politely. You hear what they say. All right. But my God is more able. <laughs> they look like they were surrounded. They had the Amazites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the you know, all of them, they were surrounded. One of my favorite songs, though, it says, when I look that I'm like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you, Jesus. So I don't care what's on the side. You go to your schools. Oh, Miss Pastor Kim, there's drugs. Yep. There's all kind of immoral stuff going on. Yep. These kids, they, they doing this and that and everything. Yep. This school, they say it's all bad. Yep. But my God is well able. 
He's well able. I don't care what school you go to. I don't care what teacher you have. I don't care where it's at. My God is well able. Sometimes we're looking at way too many other things, but our eyes need to be on Jesus. My eyes are on Jesus, and he's well able. And so today, I just wanted to encourage you that there are giants. Don't be deceived. There are giants, and they're big, and they're ugly, and they're scary. But God says, we can possess it. We can overcome. We have the victory in Christ Jesus. And so on today, just be encouraged and give God a hand clap of praise for his word. And as you go back to work, back to school, back to college, back to wherever it is that you're going, go with an attitude, not with a dread. Young people, when you go to school next week, not this week, but next week, don't go dreading. Don't dread. Don't dread. Just say, my God is able. I'm going to like my teachers. I'm going to make some good friends. Don't go back to work tomorrow, those that are working, and you, you dread going in there. You pull up in the parking lot, and the hair in the back of your head starts to stand because you're just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Got to get out the car. Got to get out of 104.1 praise music. I got to get out of 91.9 praise music. I was having a good time. Got to get out. Got to go in there. My God is well able. He's well able. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I almost did it in 15 minutes. Hallelujah. And so if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you are feeling overwhelmed with life, suffocated with the burden of giants, Jesus says, Come. Come. He is such a heavy lifter. He's able to fight every giant. He's able to do those things which we don't, in ourselves, we can't do. He's able. See, God was in the, the land of the giants. He told them to go. You know, I cut my message way short, but it's all good. But he was there before them. So he sent them to the giants. It wasn't like he didn't know the giants were in the land. He sent them to the giants. He knew the giants were there. Exodus chapter 3, verse 8. Right when he called Moses, right at the burning bush, verse 8 says that he said, I am a deliverer. I came. I'm sending you to be a deliverer. And I'm sending you to take you to the Hittites, the, the Canaanites, the, the Zebzites. He, he named them all in Exodus. 
I'm taking you to the promised land. God has told many of you he's taking you somewhere. He's taking you somewhere. You can see where he's taking you. And there's big old giants in the way. God says, I'm going before you making crooked places straight. He said, I'm going before you. I'm a light by fire by night. I'm a cloud in the day. It's nowhere you will ever step your feet that he ain't already went there before you. You ain't arrived someplace and all of a sudden it's like, I'm here, God. God already went before you. I'm going to read one thing and then this is it. Unbelief. 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 Overlooks the promises and the power of God. And it magnifies every danger and difficulty and fills the heart with discouragement. We just want our hearts filled with faith. With faith. Is there anybody that would like to accept Jesus Christ? Everybody good? Anybody want to make our church, ICLG, a church home where you can come and be fed in the word, loved, encouraged? Amen. Amen. Officers. Amen. Hallelujah. Give God a hand clap of praise. Bless the Lord. Afternoon, church. Oh, there we go. Uh, It's time to prepare for communion. We're going to ask that everyone who's up in the far, far seats to please come down and have a seat over here. We're going to start our responsive reading. Um, You can go to 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23, and also on the screens. Okay, and let us begin. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Next, please. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. 
For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Amen. prepare for our communion. Hallelujah. Jesus was well able. He went all the way. He didn't shrink back. He didn't get discouraged. But he went all the way and died on the cross for our sins. So as we come to break bread as one body, we want to examine ourselves and we want to ask forgiveness if we've offended anyone, if we've hurt anyone, if our thinking has not just been right, not aligned with God and his word, then we want to go before the Father and we want to ask forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We want to be in right standing. We want to recognize the, what Jesus has done for us. The word of God says on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread. He broke it, and he ate it. Then he said, this do in remembrance of me. And on that same night, he took the cup, which represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And we recognize that what can wash away our sins so when we take this and we drink this, we recognize that ain't nothing cleaning us up but Jesus and his blood. And we want to remember. That's what he says. You do this to remember me. We don't do it just to do it. We don't do it because it's a ritual. We don't do it because it's fourth Sunday. But he says, will you remember me? And there's power. There is power in the bread. There is power in the blood. There is power in us doing this together as one body. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, oh God, for what you're doing, oh God. 
God, we thank you, oh God, that during this moment, oh God, we recognize, oh God, that you did it all, God. That your sacrifice was great, God. God, your blood is great, God. And God, we thank you, oh God, that we have the privilege, oh God, of, of having communion, God, and remembering everything that you've done for us, oh God. Help us never to take it for granted. Help us never to make it a ritual. But God, help it to be a communion that we commune with you and that we have grateful hearts. And we are thanksgiving because of what you've done for us, that we can go now beyond the veil and have a personal relationship with you. God, we thank you and we bless it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Officers, hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.